You're listening to First City Forum, 97.5 FM. Hello, 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 and welcome to the First City Forum, brought to you by Providence Properties in Southeast Alaska Orthopedics. I'm your host, the one and only Joe Williams, and on today's show, we have my friend Ryan McHale from Loud and Queer Magazine and the Ketchikan Pride Alliance. How's it going, Ryan? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing pretty good today. It's a really, really rainy day. I almost got blown away on my way in. You, no, seriously. Like, <laughs> you know, so I like to walk everywhere, and I actually had to take a cab into the studio today. I am not impressed. But what I am impressed with is all the work uh, you've done in this community for the queer community and for uh, and just for the progression of Ketchikan. And, and, well, it's and, not just me. Uh, there's well, a whole whole collective behind us, uh, behind me, uh, or, or working alongside me too so that's been it's been really cool to find other people that are also excited about it including you yes yes it's you know being a part of loud and queer magazine has really been a a a real joy for me and a, and a real way for me to feel like I'm adding to a community that is underserved because we mm. I say this every week we're in a conservative Alaskan town there's still a lot to learn um there's still a lot there are people who are still learning a lot about the mm. queer community and the queer spaces, like uh, with people who are trans who are mm-hmm. coming here and not really finding their, their voices. Uh, people who are in same-sex couples uh, who are not really finding their, their community. You know, there were um, a few months ago, uh, there was a lesbian Coast Guard couple here. And they actually left because there was they couldn't find their queer community, and they didn't feel that they were accepted in uh, in, in spaces and and so and so, so supported. Sorry, and uh, and right now a good friend of of ours is actually moving out of Ketchikan because she doesn't feel supported as as a trans woman yeah. here here in Ketchikan. And there's and there there's just so much to learn, but there's but there are also so many people trying to be supportive and mm-hmm. be allies uh, in those spaces. Um, f- so, Ryan, for yeah. those just tuning in with us this week, what is Loud and Queer magazine? Yeah, so Loud and Queer uh, is a zine, and we represent try to represent all of Southeast Alaska. But basically, we provide uh, resources for queer people throughout Southeast Alaska and the state. And uh, whether that's people sharing their stories, their photos, uh, writing in submissions, uh, it could be like manifestos, it could be poetry, it could be art. Just basically, it's trying to create uh, more connections with other remote communities like us and other queer people to show that you're not alone, that we exist here, that rural communities, remote communities um, are and have always been and should be accepting of queer folk. And uh, yeah, just kind of making our mark on this community. That's so beautiful. And and, and the mark has already been made. Uh, so we only have two issues out so far yeah and we have our third one coming out this month at the end of this month and what's cool uh is that we are in 18 communities Mm -hmm. throughout southeast alaska at um public libraries and school libraries and so we're in 20 18 communities and 20 libraries and, and school libraries and that's a big impact considering we've only been doing this for less than a year. Yeah, and what's great too is a lot of the the responses that I've been getting from librarians and, and teachers is 
well, like sm- let's say a small school, right? There's some small schools on Prince of Wales where they're like, well, we, hey, we don't really have a library, but like I'll keep this in my class, mm-hmm. right? Or uh, calling the library and the, uh, they were like, yes, we need this. We have no resources for queer people here. And this will be the first, the first thing in our library to represent that, right? To offer these resources for kids, to show them that they're not alone, to show them that there is queer joy as well as struggle. But um, it's important that we do show that things do get better. Definitely. And it's so very important because I know a lot of people uh, who, who grew up uh, in places like Prince of Wales and, and places like that who, who are queer and they didn't have the best experiences growing up before, you know, uh, be, be, before things became a little more progressive and, and things were changing a bit. And, and these things are important because these people do exist and they do have voices, they have thoughts, they have feelings. And I feel like that is totally underserved in a lot of ways. And I want to talk a little bit, uh, we've, we've talked about this before, um, about a little bit of the controversy we have uh, come across with Loud and Queer magazine, though the support has been overwhelming. I mean, I mean, from the libraries to businesses like Ketchup Can Dry Goods, the New York Cafe, uh, mm. Stony Moose, and all the different people who have supported us. There was that one, I can really only think of one, one instance where, where there was a bit of a, a community uh, stir where people sort of misconstrued our magazine for for something that's uh, that's sort of pushing a sexual agenda or really any kind of agenda at all, but uh, but I want to talk about that just a little bit because there's nothing in Loud and Queer magazine that is explicitly sexual, Mm-mm. and 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 there's definitely no agenda. We're just cre- for for me and for in my, in my thought process, we're just creating. Um, sort of an entity that people can look at and they can find something that they identify with. Mm. Because in so many spaces, uh, young queer people have nothing to identify with, nothing to Mm. look at and say, hey, this is who I am. Like, hey, this is how I feel. Hey, these people are living their lives and I I can have something too. I can live my life as well. Yeah, it's really important to have these, uh, like to have people be able to see themselves in the books that they read, in the media that they consume, because we need to know our history, right? In general, but we need to know our queer history, right? And the people that came before us and fought, fought for our rights. And we need to know struggles that people have gone through and the joys that people have had and show that like queer people have lived in Alaska, um, for a very long time and this isn't some new thing right maybe it's gaining more social acceptance as well and being more open and out but like there have always been trans people right there have always been queer folk and and we what we're trying to do is bring these stories to the surface um and that's why it's important to have these in libraries, right? To have these types of resources for people to to read, to see themselves, to learn about queer history and maybe being able to learn about your sexuality um, more in depth, right? And explore these ideas in a place that like is a library instead of looking online, right? Or like exactly. maybe finding that somewhere else is having that, that place that is like a a place of learning, right? A place where you could go and be supported. Like 
librarians are badass. I, <laughs> I have always appreciated librarians, and it's cool that that they can offer these resources for kids and for their for their constituents. Right? That it's like, yeah, in a remote community, you can still find yourself, and we belong here. Definitely, and and I want to expound a little bit about on on what you just said. You know, being able to find this information in a space of learning versus going online, where that can lead to a whole rabbit hole of different situations, and being able to converse openly about who you are, who what your sexuality is versus hiding it and creating secrecy and then getting into that whole entire yeah. sick not, world not of healthy. madness. And and I think we we we've all, you and I we've definitely both had to go through that in, in our own um journey uh, journeys and uh and and who we are. Uh, I didn't grow up in a household where being queer was accepted. Uh, my mother is, is is a staunch conservative Christian and I love my mother but she just she didn't have the wherewithal to uh to to support a queer child mm-hmm. especially growing up in inner city Detroit where you have to be tough where you have to uh, to really be on your game uh, especially as a black man. And so it's what we're doing here is all about supporting. It's about providing support, and mm-hmm. not only just for the 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 queer person in question, but also for for the the uh, the parents who may who may believe that their child is queer or know that their child is queer because you, exactly. you you usually know. Um, so and, and for people who who if, if your child has just come out to you and you don't know what to do because maybe you you once had that that. Um, that sort of uh, not necessarily vitriol, but misunderstanding for what the queer community is, and you want to, to know more about how you can now support your your openly queer uh, queer child or queer a cousin or mm-hmm. nephew or whoever. Yeah. Um, we're here to support to provide resources. So there are there are a few different uh, aspects of Loud and Queer magazine. There's the there, there's the ask anti-queer segments there are different uh, uh art um installments uh different articles on on people who are doing things in queer spaces and just and just being themselves and mm-hmm. living their lives so i want to talk a little bit about the ask anti-queer segment yeah and we have a, a question um fr- uh, from the um Ask Anti Queer segment. So, Ask Anti Queer. You can submit a question, and one of the members of the collective will answer that question uh, under the pseudonym Anti Queer. Yeah, I love it. Uh, so, we received a question, and it goes, "What do you do if your parent isn't homophobic, but won't accept you being gay?" This is a very deep question, because growing up, my mother always had at least one gay friend, one gay friend who who she found to be hilarious, who who made good cakes and pies, and and who uh, who she accepted under the condition that oh I know he's gay and I'm praying for him, but I still love him, right? Mm-hmm. But then when I came out. She's and she gave me a, a little bit of, of that same spiel, spiel too. She she goes, "I still love you, but don't die in your sin." So, I feel like there are layers to this because there are people who who are extremely religious and they really have these beliefs that if you are queer, you're gonna die and you're gonna go to hell. 
and they believe that in their hearts. So in their minds, they aren't being homophobic when they straight up tell you that to your face. Yeah. And they really believe that who you are and and, and what your identity is is truly evil and is something that's going to literally destroy you. I've heard people say, hate the sin, love the sinner. Mm-hmm. And it does not sit right with me. And the first time I heard someone say that, I didn't know why it didn't sit right with me. And ultimately, I think it comes down to the fact that I don't consider this sinful, right? My identity, my sexuality is not sinful. And it's uncomfortable when when someone projects sin onto you and onto your body. And uh, yeah, I think that's deeply problematic to say that to someone, to a queer person, that you hate the sin and love the sinner. Um, what if I said, hate the belief, but love the believer, right? Right. That is like, that would make someone that's religious uncomfortable because you're saying that I disagree with your faith, but I love you and people that are religious. And if that's part of their identity, they can't parse that out, right. Of saying that, oh, well, I can't separate my beliefs from who I am. And just like I can't separate my sexuality from who I am. So don't tell me you hate the sin and love the sinner because I don't consider it sin and this isn't something separate from who I am. That's true. And I find that a lot of people um, of faith, not all people, but a lot of people, um, they believe in their faith so wholly that nothing else really exists. Like they, uh, my, f- f- uh, at least in my experience, my mother would tell a Muslim person that they are wrong because she's Christian and she has her beliefs because they are not Christian, they are wrong or a Buddhist person, they are wrong. And that's never sat right with me because as I grew up Christian and my beliefs have always been Christian because of my mother and and, and the way she raised us, it never sat right with me that someone else who had the exact same experiences, but they grew up Buddhist and their experiences have been Buddhist and they believe Buddhist that they would be wrong and that they're going to go to hell. That never made sense to sense to yeah. me. And I think it's just, it, 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 it goes deeper than, than just homophobia or what have you. It's the dogmatic nature of belief in general and, mm-hmm. of, and of organized religion. And and, and of, and of, yeah. So, it, this this is like a whole conversation that yeah. I'm not even qualified to even really get but, into, but it, it definitely affects our community in a really deep way. Yeah, and then pulling pulling back to that, that question of um, my parent accepts me for being gay or is, isn't homophobic but accepts me for being gay. It doesn't, yeah. Did, yeah, right? That it's like, it's it's like you said, there's layers to it because I think what it, what it comes down to is... Um, sometimes people accept you, but with conditions Mm -hmm. and similar to your story about your mom and her friend that was gay, she can accept them because it's not her immediate family, right? Or it's, this is my gay friend who's funny and bakes great cakes, right? Um, but this is my son, um, or this is my daughter or this is my, my kid and this um, I, I have stipulations for, right? And love should not have conditions, but it oftentimes does, especially when it comes down to homosexuality and our sexual orientations. And I think what's difficult, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, is that oftentimes 
allies um, or people that consider themselves allies uh, to the queer community feel like they have gone enough steps to claim allyship, Mm -hmm. right? Or they feel like they have come more than halfway or compromised on their own beliefs to accept you. And I've experienced this within my own family where there are these conditions where it's like, oh, I accept you for being gay, but please don't talk to me about drag. I don't want to see photos of you in drag. And that makes me uncomfortable. Yes, And it's like, okay, cool. So then we're putting up a barrier in our relationship because you don't accept me for who I am. You accept me only for an aspect of who I am. <laughs> Definitely, and that and that ties into the 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 whole. I accept you for for being gay. And I don't have a problem with with gay people, but I don't want to uh, see gay relationships in media. Right. I don't want to uh, see. Uh, what, what, there was that whole huge convert, controversy with Superman now being gay, and that was just the headline that people kind of latched onto because it wasn't even Superman who was gay. It was Superman um, had a gay son. <laughs> And that and that was the was the the thing that people are so they have such a vitriol for for seeing these things in media that they will latch on to any headline that kind yeah. of speaks to their own internalized homophobia. And not saying that you're homophobic and to the sense that you hate gay people and this and that, but there is a, a sense of internalized homophobia. And, and I think that anyone who grew up in, in conservative spaces would have that internalized homophobia. Yeah. There's a lot of homophobia within the queer community itself. Yeah. There, there, uh, there are sec- sectors of the queer community that who are phobic towards other sectors. Like, I have found growing up and 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 being in queer spaces that there are a lot of uh, of homosexual people who are uh, phobic against trans people, yeah, or like or super or, racist, or super or racist, misogynistic, or misogynistic, right? and, and and there's a lot of bisexual erasure where mm-hmm. people will completely disregard that identity entirely, yeah. and so there's there's all kinds of layers, and we and we all deal with our own phobias and and, and our own. Close-mindedness and biases, and right? And biases, yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're right with, with this thing too. Is and especially as people that maybe hold marginalized identities or multiple marginalized identities, you would think that they would not be then uh, replicating that oppression uh, against other <laughs> other members of their own community, right? Um, and and you see that that actually does happen um, because we we need to really dismantle these belief systems and that takes a lot of work and like you're saying is you might not be um, outwardly homophobic and saying homophobic things but internally you have a deep deep uncomfortability mm-hmm. with let's say drag or maybe um, men presenting more f- effeminate mm-hmm. right and ultimately that is homophobia right and you we need to we need to break that down and when it comes down to it is like yes those pot those thoughts could pop up in your head but it's your job to um push back against those thoughts and not make that into your behavior or your attitude right or the way that you deal or work with or whatever with someone that's queer 
Definitely, and it's really just about addressing it because we all have these things as they are the building blocks of who <laughs> we are because we grew up in a society that was so homophobic where at one point you could literally, um, there are countries where you could you could be put to death for, yeah, for being homosexual. and people still die um, for, for their identities, right? Like we just had um, November 20th was Transgender Day of Remembrance and 45 transgender people um, in the U.S. died last year or this past year just for being trans and then that number gets to 61 since the last transgender day of remembrance and then globally it's we're talking like 450 something trans folk globally that have died for just being trans right that it's like th these things it, they have real implications when we have these types of uh i guess like this hatred and we don't think critically about the way that we were raised or maybe our own thoughts, right? That we need to dismantle them because your, uh, I guess like, what would you call it? Casual homophobia, right? Um, eventually that leads to something larger, Definitely. right? Allowing jokes, um, homophobic jokes within your friend group. Um, if you don't squash that and explain why that is not okay, right? Or racist jokes, whatever it is, mm -hmm. all of this leads to larger issues right and eventually it leads to violence and harm being done to the most marginalized people in our community definitely because these things do grow like there are still people who believe it's an entirely reasonable reaction to kill a trans person if that trans person were to quote unquote trick you into being with them or if you find that uh that, that a trans person hasn't disclosed their their identity They're, soon enough for you exactly. and you found yourself trans attracted uh people literally think it's reasonable to end that person's life for that alone yeah and we actually um it, it, we talked about this in our last issue that um it's either uh th this understanding is called like gay panic or um uh i guess lgbtq plus panic or queer panic and uh it's a panic defense so it's a legal uh precedent that they use within the courtroom uh to defend somebody after either attacking or killing someone that is queer and what it is is it's that their defense is saying that because of this person's identity, um, the person that attacked them felt uh, maybe a moment of, uh, I don't know what it is. It's like a, basically that they were so afraid for their own identity that they had to defend themselves mm -hmm. by attacking this person just because they, un they, I guess, disclosed maybe their sexual orientation or hit on them. And there's cases all throughout the U.S. and even in Ketchikan in the early 2000s where a man was beaten and killed because he um, was basically lured by two straight men in Ketchikan um, into either some type of conversation or potential sexual acts, right? And then they beat him, beat him and killed him. Oh, yes. Right? And these two men got away with it because of the panic defense, right? Because they said that they were so afraid and that this man was coming on to them, right? And it's like someone flirting with you is does not justify murder. violence or murder. Uh, and that brings to mind the really famous Jenny Jones case from, oh gosh, this was early 2000s, 90s, something like that, 
where they had a an, where Jenny Jones had an episode where a gay man brought on a straight man to confess his feelings for him. And the way they set it up, um, there was a woman with the man. And I guess the, 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 the guy thought he was coming on for the woman to confess her feelings, and it was actually the man. And it was sort of like a what most would consider now, because this isn't uncommon practice, a sort of a, a, a televised joke, right? Where where he's where it's sort of a switcheroo where the guy is actually confessing the feelings for the other guy. So the guy's on TV and this all happens. And after the show, the man who was brought on to uh, to receive the the confession murders the gay man, murders the gay man in cold blood in his house, and he got away with it. Oh my because, gosh! Because because he was humiliated, and 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 because uh, he he or or whatever the the case, because he felt. Whatever. Yeah, it's like from they, they that. say, like a, a momentary lapse of judgment, or um, or just afraid for themselves, right? <laughs> and and he got away with the murder. Not only that, but Jenny Jones was sued for that. Jenny Jones herself oh got goodness. into trouble for that, and and it just goes into this whole culture of of being able to basically do whatever you want just because i don't know it, it, it just goes into the different layers of homophobia so these are extreme uh, well not even extreme examples because they, they literally happen yeah, all, right? all the time but like our existence does not justify violence against us definitely right <laughs> like period full stop full stop and full end and and you know and and that goes into the question what if your parent isn't homophobic but doesn't accept you being gay. And I guess the short answer to that is that that parent is homophobic. <laughs> that it, was my first thought, right? Yeah. And and I think what what we had talked about is that there are there are layers to this, right? And there are conditions that parents might accept you and, and accept certain things of your identity, um, certain aspects of your identity. But ultimately that's still homophobia. It's still homophobia. Right? And and cool, maybe your parent hasn't kicked you out of the house, which does happen to a lot of queer folk. Um, great. Your parent didn't kick you out of the house, but they're still homophobic, right? That, that, the, the idea of not accepting your child because he's he or she or they are queer um, is homophobic, but it's definitely something that can be addressed. And, yeah. and, and you know, my mother is homophobic. <laughs> let's, let's just put it out there. She's always been homophobic. And throughout the years, since I've been open about my identity, she's come around more and more all the time. Mm -hmm. And we can, and we have sort of round away, roundabout conversations about it. We never really talk about it directly, but she comes around is a slow process, yeah. but she's learning, uh, but she's homophobic and, and there are homophobic tendencies there. And, but, but is that her fault? You know, it's it's complicated. Yeah, it is, and it's it's hard. Um, so I think too is that we're we're quite lucky that we're um, financially independent from our parents, yes. right? Um, a lot of kids that are still living at home and dependent on their parents, they're 
is a level of safety that's involved that if um, if you do come out and they don't accept you, you might get kicked out and you're mm-hmm. on the streets, right? Which happens to a lot of queer folk, um, especially young younger folk. Um, but because we're older and out of the house, there there was a point when when I came out that my parents understood that if they don't accept me, they're not in my life. Exactly. Um, because I don't. I'm not relying on them for shelter or food anymore, right? But there is this hierarchy, right? This power imbalance when a parent doesn't accept you, but you're reliant on them for everything, mm-hmm. um, for food, for shelter, for money, things like that. Um, so there is a certain level of, um, I guess, like independence that you get when you do get older and you can potentially move out of the house or move to a different place. Because then you can, that that relationship is then on your terms, right? You can be in charge and say, well, listen, if you're not accepting me, you're not in my life. Because I can create my own family. Yes. Right? I can, I'm accepted. My friends here in Ketchikan, I'm accepted by my friends here with, with no conditions, right? And that's amazing. Like, when I go home, there are conditions, around love and around acceptance and what I can and cannot share about who I am, right? When I'm in Ketchikan, I feel fully accepted as who I am, right? And that's what's difficult. It's like, why are you never going home? Why are you never home? I never see you. It's like, well, um, it's because you don't accept me for who I am. And when I'm in Ketchikan, I'm with my chosen family who supports me in every aspect of who I am. And not not being not feeling accepted for who you are by your parents and by your close family it affects all different aspects of your life you know i have actively um i have actively fought against pursuing meaningful relationships with <laughs> with people because i because because i know that when because my my mother's promise to me was when when i came out to her it was um i still love you Please don't die in the sin. I'll never accept any partner you have. I'll never come to any wedding, and I'll never accept any children you have with a man. Oh boy! So in my mind, I know that the, the moment I enter into any meaningful relationship, my relationship with my mother is over because because my my mom is um she's very intense, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I I see. I, so I have an aunt who is. Muslim and lesbian. So, <laughs> as, so, as, so as we spoke, as we talked earlier, my mother will tell a Muslim person that they are wrong for being Muslim because she's Christian. And my mother told my my aunt, who has a young daughter who is also Muslim, she told her young daughter, my aunt's young daughter, my my cousin, when she was a child, that that if she continued in the Muslim faith, she would go to hell. Gosh. And she's so this this was obviously a big point of contention for my aunt and for my mother, um, and so I know that if I enter into a meaningful relationship and I start to pursue that, my mother becomes a little disrespectful, and I know that I will literally not be able to have a relationship with her. So I have, because I love my mother deeply. Regardless of of her um, deeply internalized homophobia, I I don't pursue those things because I know that when I do, that relationship's done. Yeah, and it's sad. 
That is sad. It's really sad. And it, and it, and it, it affects my life in, in a really serious way. So when you say things like, so when we get into questions like, uh, what if your parent isn't homophobic but won't accept you being gay? Um, it, it, it goes so much deeper than you just saying, oh, I don't, I don't hate gays, but I don't want you to be gay. Or I, and, and, and maybe just saying that isn't necessarily terrible. Because there are people who feel that, oh, I don't want my child to, to be gay because I want, I want grandchildren, or I want this and that. And not to say that, uh, that same-sex couples can't have children. You know, ad- adoption's a thing. Surrogacy is, is a thing. There are mm. many uh, heterosexual couples who cannot conceive children. My, my biggest, my parents, I think their biggest fear um, based off of their own lived experience of seeing people coming out in in the 70s and 80s, right, um, in, in my hometown, that they thought I was going to be alone. Mm-hmm. Their biggest fear was that I was going to be alone and have a sad life because of who I am for, for coming out, right? And I had to explain to them that that's not the case. You can find a partner you can have kids if you want kids you can not have kids if you don't want kids you can have little fur babies um like cats and dogs (laughs) 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 just clarifying that (laughs) um but it's uh it's something that's difficult and i think it's a, a lot of it has to do with how they grew up and the time that they grew up in but i don't think i think that's um what do you call it? It's not an excuse. It's an explanation. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't think I can excuse their behavior, or their homophobia, but I can understand why. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, it's it's a tough question because it's very personal for all of us in the queer community. And we're constantly, a lot of people are constantly seeking approval from their parents, mm-hmm. right? Because you always want to be accepted by them. I You're mean, always seeking love. We came from them. Yeah, they, they are. They are the, the essence of who we are. And for better or worse, they are a huge influence on our lives. And uh, to not have that basic fundamental support at in the home uh, has really detrimental effects on kids and their mental health. And like, I'm I'm going to therapy. I've been struggling with my mental health recently, and. A lot of what I talk about with my therapist is the fact that, like, I need to accept these relationships for as they are and understand that I can't change them. And that sucks, right? Mm. To, like, understand that my relationship with my family is fraught and a lot of it has to do with my identity and being queer. Um, And I can't change anything about that. So it comes down to either them wanting to learn and change their beliefs, but when they think that they've come more than halfway or that they've compromised and I'm not doing any compromising. <laughs> I'm not compromising on my identity. As though you could. Yeah. <laughs> as though, as if you could. I mean... <sighs> I know, Joe. It's a big topic. It's a big topic. And I think it's important. And so maybe we could um, talk just a little bit about what are some ways maybe um, for this person to either find some support either in the home or outside the home. Um, and then maybe if there's any parents listening, how they could best support their their kids. Yes. Yeah, so I will answer this question as yeah. anti-queer. So anti-queer says, if, what if your parent isn't homophobic but won't accept you being gay? Anti-queer says, first of all, make sure you're in a space where if you're still living with your parent, Make sure that you maybe wait to to come out until after you're secure. 
until you can live your own life and do your own thing because that can that response has layers because it could be to where they're saying okay i'm not homophobic but i won't accept you being gay but if you do come out maybe they'll maybe they'll just be a little shocked a little displeased for a little bit but those mm-hmm. but everything will be fine it could go as far as okay i i I don't have a problem with being gay, but I can't have you living in, 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 in the house because I don't want you influencing your brothers and sisters or what have you. So I would say make sure you're in a space where you don't necessarily need them for your livelihood. Yeah. I would find a community. I would find friends who you can speak to. Teachers. Teachers. Maybe leaders within the community or adults that you maybe um, look up to. Right. That could that can support you. Ultimately, it comes down to your safety. And if if you're safe being your full self, unfortunately, we have to moderate um, who we are in a lot of heteronormative spaces. Uh, But sometimes challenging that is is an act of revolt, an act of resistance. But it comes with a risk. Right. Um, So similar with this, if 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 you don't feel like you're going to be safe, there are resources for you. Um, you have, um, the Trevor project is a great resource. Um, community roots is also another great resource in Southeast Alaska, um, helping to, uh, house unhoused queer folk or queer folks that are in unsafe living situations. Um, there are resources out there. Um, all right. Now, well, I want to yeah. say that there are resources out there. So find those resources, get into those groups. And then if your parents truly aren't homophobic, include them, yeah. include them in these spaces. Give them a copy of Loud and Queer magazine. Yeah. Um, and, and there's resources and, at the library as well for learning about these identities. Right. If you want to learn more. Ultimately, it comes down like what you just said there is if your parents are having to work through their own internalized homophobia, there are resources for them to learn as well. Parents, if you're listening, there are resources for you. Um, you can reach out to the Queer Collective. You can reach out to Ketchikan Pride Alliance. And uh, we, can, we can help you if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to uh, take those steps, right, to be a better ally, to be supportive, Um but ultimately, we're trying to build solidarity, right, with other folks and build allies because when we have this cross-community solidarity, right, we are stronger together, right? Definitely. And, yeah, so so if your parent truly isn't, homo, homo, isn't homophobic, uh, introduce them to some of these resources and give them – maybe give them some some time to, to, to process what – what what it is that you've told them and have it fit in with with how they were raised because we, we we all have different ways we were raised and different thing, different ways we believe and also there are a lot of uh, parents who who know that their child is queer but they just don't know how to ask so if you are one of those parents just reach out to to a, a queer person who you may know mm-hmm. uh, I have had so many people in yeah. this in this community come to me and they'll say hey I think my my son or, or my daughter might be gay or my son or my daughter might be trans. Uh, what should I do? How uh, how can I approach it? Like what what would do, what do you think? Those are the right questions to be asking. Um, yeah, that's that's it. I I for example know know someone that their parent um, 
doesn't want to talk about it until they know that they're a hundred percent sure in their sexuality. Mm -hmm. And that is the wrong approach because first off, sexuality is fluid. It can change, right? Your, you, your identity, the way that you identify can change. And you know what? That's totally okay. Um, because the more that we get to know ourselves, um, our identity should change. And that's what happens. That's called growth, right? Absolutely. Who we, who we, as we, who we think of ourselves, how we think of ourselves, whatever that, that changes. Um, and so your identity might change as well, right? The way that you identify or who you're sexually attracted to can change what you can do as a parent in that situation, right? If, if your kid is questioning or doesn't know is let them know that you love and support them no matter who they love, right? Or who they are no matter what you're going to support and love them and allow your kid that space to explore their identity, right? This is a time where in, in an adolescent years, right? Like as a teenager, you are exploring your identity and who you are, your belief systems, your values, right? And to have that support at home saying, whoever you are, I love and accept you. You don't have to know who they are to accept them. You don't have to understand, but offering that right just giving that encouragement you you know i think in a lot of households there's a lot of conversation that's had there 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 are moments where you as a parent may off the cuff just say something that you don't know that your child is is dealing with but they hear you and they because who knows this the, the, the person who sent that question in maybe they never even spoke to their parent maybe they just heard their parents say something and they just believe that their parent won't accept them because of something they've heard just off the hand that the parent may not have even thought about too much. But yeah. so it's all about using your, your words wisely, really, and just letting your children know that, that they're loved no matter what. Like my, my father, he always, my father is, is very upfront. He, he, he doesn't mince words. He always told me like, Hey, if you're gay, I, I still love you. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it was always very clear. So, and he, and he always, he was very uh, much so like, yeah, I know that you're kind of gay. So <laughs> <laughs> Joe, you're a little queer. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Oh, there's, there's something going on there. And, and so, and so just having that, even if you say it in, 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 in a joking fashion, say uh, like, no matter who you're with a girl or guy and give it like a little extra emphasis. <laughs> right? I had a friend's parent that would do that and they're straight. Right. But their parents would always be like girl or guy. It could be, it could be either. It uh-huh. could be anyone as long as you're happy. Right. Just, just give, give the, space because everyone's growing and you know as we grow we're we're we're, we're building up we're, we're building our ourselves and and when we feel like we have the space to grow then your child will open up to you and maybe not just about their sexuality maybe about, about other things that's, exactly. that that are going on in their in their minds uh, being able to communicate openly is one of the truest gifts of being human beings and, mm. and it allows us to grow and and evolve yes Yes, it's it's a, this is was a great question, and if you're out there listening um, and you ask this question, know that there is a community that loves and supports you, regardless of your your parents. Um, it it ultimately is your chosen family that will care for you and love you 
yes, without I, conditions. Definitely. I feel like we've lightning bolted through all kinds of different topics yeah. and sections. I hope this conversation <laughs> wasn't too convoluted, guys. Uh, I want to thank you, Ryan, for coming in. Yeah, and, I really appreciate it. And let's talk about how, how uh, we can get involved in Loud and Queer magazine. Uh, yeah. So if you would like to submit a question to Loud and Queer magazine, if you are a queer ally, or if you are a queer person who would like to uh, submit questions or suggestions, please email us at loudandqueercatchacan at gmail.com. Is that, is that correct? That is, yeah. Let us know. Like, if you give us your feedback, write us letters to the editor if you want. Write something like, I hate this article. I think you guys should be doing this. Let us know what you think, what you want to see, because we are ultimately trying to reflect our community, right? And so we need feedback, right? We need people to send us their stories, to send us photos or their artwork. And you know what? Every issue, we change the cover art. And um, we need people to send us cover art and say, hey, this is what I want to represent loud and queer this issue, right? Send it in. Let us know. um, And uh, yeah, it's great. Send it to our Gmail. You could message any of us on Facebook if you know any of us. Um, But uh, we have a website as well, Loud and Queer Ketchikan. You can find out more information. You can see our issues. Um, You can see news articles about queer news throughout Southeast Alaska and then see other collective members and learn more about the collective. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And if you would like to sponsor Loud and Queer magazine, we do accept donations. Um, That Venmo is Uh, Loud and Queer Ketchikan. Um, And you can also uh, donate to the Ketchikan Pride Alliance in our name um, for that. Uh, but yeah, if you want to sponsor an issue, uh, it's about, um, for a hundred copies, it's about $450 or 500. And, uh, it really goes a long way. Uh, both uh, we, like I said, we're in 18 different communities in Southeast Alaska in 20, 22 different libraries and school libraries. And, uh, we send growing and growing. That's the thing, right. And building these relationships, building these connections, um, it's very exciting. Yeah, I want to shout out a few of the sponsors of Loud and Queer magazine so far. Lindsay Johnson at, at uh, Ketchikan Dry Goods. Yeah, Janelle Gage as well for her donation. Um, and then every business and uh, that has uh, displayed Loud and Queer, um, it's been in Soho Coho, it's been in Parnassus, Sony Moose. The New York Cafe. New York Cafe. Um, where else? It's really been all over. I even dropped some off at the laundromat, Green Bean, <laughs> right? It's like, shout out to Green Bean. <laughs> shout out to Highliners. <laughs> <The laundromat>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it's really about really trying to get this out into the community. It's all free. Um, we provide this for free. We have online copies that you can print out at home. For free. Yeah. So it's it's really important to get this out there. Um, and, and we really want our community to contribute to this. Uh, so, yeah, like you said questions it could be comments it could be poetry uh it could be doodles right um anything that you want to share with the queer community it it doesn't have to be just about queer issues or queer things if you're queer and you want to put something out there do it right and let us know exactly and that and that's and that's the beauty of Loud and Queer Magazine and of this Wednesday Queer Talk segment is that it doesn't always have to be specifically queer issues. We're just we're just holding space. We're just queer people holding space and having conversations. Right. It could be about 
be about your cat <laughs> exactly last week we talked for 45 minutes about my cat and you know what it was it was great it was it was needed because now uh, well a little update now my cat is eating every multiple times a day that's great it's using its box exclusively there's no more poop on my couch that's amazing i'm really it's Vern now right it's Vern. you know what i feel like Uh-oh. i've changed it back to sebastian i'm okay. like i'm like I'm I'm topsy turvy because at first I'm like okay this cat's clearly a serial killer so Vern's perfect I'm sorry yeah. Vern, uh, and but but no no the name is Sebastian and you know I love Maybe my Vern is yeah like we said an alter ego yeah. it could be a middle name exactly Sebastian Vern Williams I, I actually oh love wow that. I love yes. that yes yes <laughs> Sebastian Vern Williams <laughs> thank you Ryan for coming in Thanks and, for and me. if you would like to support Loud and Queer magazine please email them at loudandqueercatchacan.com or make any donations to the Ketchikan Pride Alliance in the name of Loud and Queer Magazine. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the First City Forum, brought to you by our sponsors, Southeast Alaska Orthopedics and um, Providence Properties. I almost forgot for a quick second. Um, oh, we're doing a little radio promotion, Ryan. If you go to Alaska Liquor this week and ask them about the passport to Puerto Vallarta, you can win a trip for two to Mexico. Um, oh, all, wow. all all inclusive. Get out of the rain. Go to Mexico. Have some good fun. Uh, just go to Alaska Liquor and ask them how you can get involved. Is there anything else? Are we forgetting anything? Oh, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, so mm. we will we will not have a show tomorrow. But I hope you guys enjoy your turkeys. We have a call. We have a call. Oh. One second. I hope it's I hope it's a good call. Oh, they hung up on us. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh, call back if you want. So, uh, so yes. Uh, enjoy your turkeys and your Thanksgiving times with your families tomorrow. And um, I feel like there's something I'm forgetting, but maybe not. Um, I could say while we're having uh, our Thanksgiving feast and celebrating with family is really recognizing the land that we're on. Um, this is Lincoln Ani and uh, maybe understanding the uh, longer history of Thanksgiving in our country. Hello, caller. How are you? Pretty good. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. H- Happy Thanksgiving. What's your name? Joe. Joe? I'm Joe, too. How's it going, Joe? Cool. Yeah. Then we're all God's children. We just need to get along with each other and not be judgmental. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. All right. Have a good one. You, too. I love that. That was amazing. Yeah. See, and you know what? That's really what it's all about. We are all God's, God's, God's children, and we all need to just get along. Rather you believe in God, rather you believe in the universe, where wherever you believe we, we come from, we are all one and the same. We're all just mirrors exactly. looking at each other and guiding each other through life. Mm, love that show you know and that's the perfect way to end this show thank you guys for tuning in oh and if you're not doing anything tonight please come and see myself and the fabulous Diane Slagle at Fat Stands from 6 until 9 we'll be doing some tunes and having some pizza sounds fun have a good night guys bye